0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Rhyme ruler,
2: the mind of the master, the yes. prime poet designed for disaster. A crime candidate, the light heavyweight. I yes. might levitate right through the heavens gate. Rhymes, record break, neck oh. and vertebrae. The yes. and plain like Kanye, I heard him say. It's murder one when he murder tracks. I'm a dirt bag, flirting with songbirds and Birkin bags. My first rap, catch Roberta Flex. I'm a certified
1: Mac, but I'm sure you ain't heard of that. Slim thugging them hoes, they been loving the flow, they've been hunting for men like. Welcome, 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 one and all to Grizzly Bear Blues Live this week. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mullinax. Thank you so much, wherever you are, however you may be taking in the podcast, for joining us. It is much appreciated. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, associate editor over at grizzlybearblues.com, Mr. Brandon Connor. Brandon how are you sir
0: I'm doing all right i'm ready for the, I'm watching the playoffs but I'm also ready for the lottery
1: ready for the lottery ready for uh for the grizzlies to kind of get, get further removed from the the dumpster fire that was this season um it's just not been very good not not very good basketball and uh not not very fun to watch to be honest with you in a lot of variety of ways of course and and the season ends last week and thankfully or eight days ago i should say and it's just good to not have to watch anymore, if I'm being honest. It's it's good to have kind of a breather and a break, and we were just talking about that before coming on the air. GBB Live will take a little bit of a break coming up here uh, the next couple of weeks after this week's show. We'll be back just in time for the lottery to hit, of course, and uh, getting ready for that and the draft. Lots of stuff to get into and dig into. And uh, GBB is making moves. I don't know if you're on Twitter or uh, if you follow Uh, The blog at all, we've added some writers the past week or two, and uh, they're both guests of ours tonight, and I'm excited to bring them on the show for the first time. Very talented guys, very hardworking guys. They've jumped right in this week. Lots of good stuff over at grizzlybearblues.com. Four or five posts a day. We're doing our season season review. We're doing our, you know, getting ready to start up our uh, community mock draft. All sorts of good stuff kind of coming your way over at grizzlybearblues.com, so make sure you're checking us out. If you don't already do so, uh, I'm fortunate to be the site manager over there. Uh, big, big. I was a big fan of GBB before I got a chance to be on staff, and I'm an even bigger fan now. Ways to get in touch with the podcast, you can follow us on Twitter, at Live. You can follow me on Twitter. It, it really is kind of an a interesting situation on Twitter, um, and we'll talk more about this when we get the guys on, and we talk about the draft. At Joe Mullinax, if you want to talk trash to Luka Doncic or about Luka Doncic, I'm not the guy. All right? I'm not the guy. I see the hate, and it drives me nuts. Follow me there. If you hate Luka Doncic, you can talk trash if you want. I'm probably going to respond back. I don't know if you know this about me, Brandon. Uh, you know, the unique thing about blogging is you feel like you get close to people. You know them a little bit. You don't meet people. Like, Brandon lives in Houston. I live in the D.C. area. So it's not like we're, you know, best friends or that we hang out all the time. Uh, You know me a little bit, though, Brandon, and I try to be nice on Twitter for the most part. Respectful. uh, I see both sides. I'm really struggling with that lately, with the whole Luka Doncic thing. I don't know why that is, but it's that and it's the Boston thing, which we'll talk more about later as well. Boston not trading for Tyreek Evans, which still grinds my gears. Uh, I've been a little bit more salty as of late uh, when it comes to Twitter. Uh, So at Joe Molnak's at your own risk, I guess, Brandon.
0: Well, I mean long the season that the Grizzlies just have will do that too. It just wears you down and it's it's you're probably better equipped to handle it when you're expecting it, but when it came out of nowhere like it did i mean you're- you're gonna be caught off guard it's gonna and it's gonna you know wear you down eventually I think the the Boston thing is just you're you know I eventually forgot there was one night, and I don't remember what it was I was chatting with someone and talking about something, and they said. They said something about Tyreek, and I was just like, oh, yeah, he's on this team right now because he got sent home. And I, like, he's out of sight, out of mind. I completely, like, completely had put everything in the back of my head, just compartmentalized it, tried to tuck it away nice and neat. I didn't have to think about it, didn't have to get angry about Chris Wallace not trading him because, because I just like, they, they sent him home, and I stopped thinking about him. And I think that's probably what they wanted. It's for everyone to just stop thinking about him, and so to not ask questions about him.
1: Too bad. I'm gonna keep asking questions because it still <laughs> makes me super mad. And I, if you can't, I, just the anger in my voice. I can't wait to get. Maybe they, maybe the new guys can calm me down. I, I'm, I'm getting too old for this, Brandon. Maybe I need some young bulls to cool me out here. Let's bring them on again. These are our two newest members of GrizzlyBearBlues.com. Excited to bring them over. They're familiar with the Grizzlies. They both wrote for the fan uh Beal. Uh, goodness gracious, the name escapes me, Beale Street Bears. Beale Street Bears. Me. Yeah, yeah on, on my tongue, uh, tip of my tongue. Uh, they both did great work over there. Uh, very excited to have the opportunity to bring them over here with us on SB Nation's Grizzly Bear Blues. Uh, first up, I'm going to bring him in, former site expert over there, now a senior staff writer for us at grizzlybearblues.com, Mr. Parker Fleming at paka underscore flaca. At some point in this show tonight, I'm going to have to get you to explain that nickname, Parker. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. That's a good start to your GBB <laughs> live career. I like that, though. He keeps it honest, I, I appreciate that. So welcome to Parker. And I'm also going to bring in here uh, Nate Chester, uh, another former uh, BS beer, now joining GBB. Nate, uh, obviously, we have a little bit of history. You did a little bit of writing back in the day for Grizzly Bear Blues, but then you went to BSB, kind of major name, and now you're back. So, Nate, welcome to the show, and welcome to, uh, to GBB to both of you. Yes,
2: sir. Happy to be here. Now, Joe, I take it you've not heard of the rapper Waka Flocka.
1: Um, that's another thing that, as you get to know me, I'm not down with it. Uh, whatever it is, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not there. Uh, like I honestly, I think people think I'm joking. Like I think Jonah Jordan tweeted something about being on the the front of our backslash college basketball. I'm guessing that's Reddit. I, I've never been on Reddit. I, I I don't know what that is and. I think people are like, oh, my God, you're a blogger. How do you not know what these things are? I'm not your typical blogger, all right? I, I, I And I don't mean that. I don't disregard bloggers. I think uh, we're, we're wonderful people. But I, I'm not on Reddit, and that's I just don't get that stuff. Maybe that's the Grandpa Molinax in me. I don't know. Joey, Joe is an poor, old man.
0: <laughs>
1: that might be the best way to, to, to put it, JT. That might be the best way to put it. The grandpa of GBB, and I'm fine with that role. Uh, So, Nate, Parker, welcome. Uh, Brandon, obviously, with me as well here on Grizzly Bear Blues Live. This is going to be more of a conversation this week. Obviously, we bring the two guys on uh, new to GBB. Uh, In the past, you've listened to this podcast. You've, you know, gotten the vibe of a question interview, that kind of thing. That's usually our structure. I want this to be more conversationally based tonight because we got multiple guests. And uh, we got a little less than an hour here, so we got an opportunity to kind of talk through some things. And I'll start off with this. Uh, We did on the site, hopefully you frequent grizzlybearblues.com, and if you don't, by all means, start doing so. Uh, But we are doing a series, obviously a season in review, and as part of that, we did a vote on the Grizzly Awards of the season. Uh, I gave out eight awards, and I volunteered any Grizzlies uh, writer for the blog that wanted to vote, and 12 folks responded, which is terrific. I love our staff, appreciate the, uh, the input. Lots of different votes, lots of different opinions on different matters. Uh, Make sure you're checking that out. The first part dropped on Thursday, and part two will be Friday over at the site as we uh, finish the week strong at GBB. But anyway, the, the main award is MVP, and that was not in part one. But this is going to be in part two. And if you're listening live to Grizzly Bear Blues live on this Thursday night, you're going to get a treat because we're going to expo- uh, we're going to talk about our MVP picks before they even become public. Insider alert, uh, VIP, as Jonah and 24/7 would put it, maybe. Uh, but this this is a situation where you're going to hear our MVP picks now. And a fair question that these guys ask me, uh, especially when it comes to defensive player of the year, which we'll also talk about in the Friday post. Uh, did anybody really earn an MVP or, or uh, a defensive player of the year? I think that's a fair question. But for the sake of argument, I'm going to start with Brandon here. Uh, Brandon, who is your MVP of the Memphis Grizzlies season? And I understand they won 22 and 60. How good, how much reward should be given? I get it. But, me, Brandon, who's your MVP?
0: Well, it really depends on how you're looking at it. Because if you want to look at it from the usual standpoint – the MVP would be the best player, which, I mean, you can make an argument for Gasol. You can make an argument for Tyreek when he was on the team um, and actually playing Conley because of what the team did when he was on the court. Um, but the way the season went, you started tanking, so you can also look at it from that perspective. And that's kind of what I did. I mean, if you really look at it, you, you can make an argument for from that perspective for, you know, guys like Ben McLemore or Mario Chalmers. I think it's Ben McLemore – um, I don't have the stats right in front of me, but um, the Grizzlies the Grizzlies record when he played I think they were on like a they were on like a nine ten win pace in the games that Mclemore played. That's how bad he made them. He was a complete negative at all times. And so if you're looking at it from the tank standpoint, which is what I did, you know Ben Mclemore is a viable MVP candidate. <laughs>
1: Oh jeez, poor Ben McLemore. He's just had. I mean, I guess we say poor Ben McLemore, but he might be the MVP of the Grizzlies. You're gonna have to check uh, GBB on Friday and find out if that's how we all voted. Uh, Parker, same question to you. Who's your MVP, dude?
3: I gotta go with Mike Conley. Uh, they obviously went seven and five with him, and then when they when he went down for the rest of the season, they lost fifty five games. And the offense was horrible without him. Teams started game planning on Mark Moore because who else were they going to guard? Andrew Harrison. There's no Oh, really you better to watch guard. out, Tommy Kraft, about
1: Andrew Harrison. Brandon's going to get mad at you.
3: Hey, I, I love I know, you know, Andrew I know. Harrison. know, <laughs> Yeah, but, I mean, I just think the whole dynamic changed once Mike went down, and that makes him MVP.
1: Oh, Fair enough, Uh, although I'll let you respond to the the Harrison slander here in a minute here, Brandon. Um, Nate, same question to you, buddy. Who's your MVP?
2: Well, I mean, if you're looking for more Harrison slander, I'll be happy to add that myself here in just a minute. But but, um, when you asked the question, I had to go back to the document where I put my answer because I honestly couldn't remember what I said because it probably changes about every 30 minutes when I think about it. Like, it's kind of like what Brandon was talking about. Are we talking from a tanking perspective? Then, yeah, it's Ben McLemore. It's Mario Chalmers. It turns out at the time, probably 11 o'clock at night, it seems to say, I said Mike Conley for basically the same reasons as Parker said, 7-5 at the beginning of the season, multiple wins of the Warriors and Rockets. And, yeah, what, what were they, 15-57 and 57 without him? Just awful. I mean, from a pure winning perspective, Mike Conley is definitely the most valuable player on the Grizzlies.
1: It all comes down to your definition, as you guys all kind of talked about, and you see this in all the sports, baseball, it's a debate every year, you know, football, is it the best player on the best team or is it the best player regardless? Is it, you know, the team that has the most success, that, that sort of thing. Um, I'm going to go Dylan Brooks, and it's kind of a combination of the reasons that you guys just outlined. Clearly, Mike Conley is extremely important to the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm not disputing that for a moment. And I do agree, Brandon, that Ben McLemore was pretty important to the tank. I mean, the numbers back it up that when Ben McLemore played – the Grizzlies were markedly worse, and that's what we needed. He was there when we needed him to be. Um, but that is in a slightly ironic-slash-sad way. I vote Dylan Brooks because he was there for the team through the good and the bad. He was a surprise contributor from the very beginning. I think on opening night, what did he have, 19 points on opening night, a win against the Pelicans? Uh, so he's a guy who is, he was good to very good throughout the season. The numbers don't really bear that out, but as we talked about in our post today, and we will again on Friday over at GBB, he he has been asked to do so much more than a second-round rookie should be asked to do. Go defend Paul George, Dylan. Go be the carrier for the offense, Dylan. Oh, by the way, you're going to have some bloggers sitting on the internet saying you need to be more of a, a facilitator, Dylan. You, six months ago, nobody thought you would even be in the rotation or you'd be a fringe rotation guy, and now you're starting – a vast majority of the games you play. Now you're expected to be a leader on a team that it was a question whether or not you would even be there for much of the season or whether you'd be with the Memphis hustle. It's just so fascinating to me that he's come out of nowhere to do what he's done. So I agree with the Macklemore answer, given the perspective, Uh, Mike Conley, again, clearly extremely valuable to the Grizzlies. But for me, it's Dylan Brooks. And and Brandon, what's your take on Dylan in terms of, his future prospects, because here's a guy who's, spoiler alert, Friday he's going to get some pub as well in terms of uh, maybe not just MVP, but overall play. What is your thought process about Dylan moving forward? I shockingly think he can be a starter on a good team, Brandon. I, I, he could be a starter on a team that makes the playoffs. That is so remarkable to me. I, I think you're right. He's
0: probably – his ceiling he, – he's sort of the, the – stereotypical um, low ceiling, high floor guy where you're not necessarily going to get superstar production, but you're going to get, you know, consistent play. You're, he's he's a high basketball IQ guy. And so he can be a starter on a good team, a good, like a playoff team. Um, but I don't know, like, what's your, he's probably never going to be like a um, like a top three option for, you know, someone who, for a team that has lots of your expectations, like second round, third round of the playoffs, championship, he's so he's a start. He he could be a starter level. I don't know about what kind of production you would expect on how, like, if he's your third best player or third best starter. That's kind of lower. You probably have a lower ceiling in terms of what your expectations are for the season. If that makes sense.
1: What do you think about that, Nate?
0: You know,
2: um, I was thinking about this a couple days ago. Um, I was thinking maybe Danny Green, who's a better ball handler and a better playmaker. He was about to close – when you really start to think about comparisons of other players in the league, there was no one that really just jumped to my mind when thinking about it. Danny Green was the closest thing to it. And, honestly, I think if you were going to – pick, if you said, which player do you want for the next five years, I feel like everybody at this point would be saying, yeah, we want Dylan Brooks. Do you think Dylan Brooks' ceiling is higher than
1: a Danny Green? I think Danny Green would be a home run. I'd be perfectly happy with Danny Green if that was his comp. What do you think, Parker?
3: Um, honestly, that was the um, the ceiling I had from him at the beginning of the season because my bold prediction this season was that Dylan Brooks would make the rotation, even if they were a playoff team. I just always loved his game whenever, since he was in Oregon. And at this point, I've gone from – Maybe he could be Danny Green to maybe he could be Chris Middleton or or throwing a little grizzly comparison out there, he could be what we thought Courtney Lee was gonna be. Like I think he could be a really good starter very, very soon on a very good team. But obviously I think next year he's not he should not be the third best starter on the team.
1: Brandon, they're actively trying to get you to fight them. at uh, first Andrew Harrison they're, they're, they're and now Courtney with Lee. These
3: guys. I know, they're, man. They're, they're
1: doing a hostile takeover of our me. podcast here. Oh my goodness! Don't, don't insult Grizzly
0: Number Five. That's that's a, that's yeah. my that's my one rule.
1: Yeah, it's Courtney Lee What'd for him, and to? it's do not offend Courtney Lee. Do not slander Courtney Lee. He is uh, <laughs> he is infallible in the eyes of my co-host Brandon Connor. Um,
2: my problem, no, my problem with Courtney Lee is listening to him talk about in New York that he's a much better player than he thinks he is. You well,
0: there's
2: not no. much talent a, around him. No, no, no. Was it was it Dylan Brooks? you was talking to back the
0: last time they played in Memphis. Did you think who was he? Who are you? Well, let's right. let's be fair though. Even if even if that was the case, that that technical call was pretty bogus. <laughs> oh, that's agreed. Yep.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah, uh, we can all find common ground on that one. I'm with you. You're listening to Grizzly the Bear go. Blues live. I am your host uh, or co-host, excuse me, Joe Molinax, joined by my fellow host. Brandon Connor, follow him on Twitter, at BallFromGrace. Our guests tonight are the two newest members of GrizzlyBearBlues.com, at Paka, P-A-K-A underscore Flocka, F-L-O-C-K-A. That would be Parker Fleming. And you can follow Nate Chester at Big Nate Chester. Make sure you're doing so. Two great new GB beers. We look at the landscape of the Grizzlies, and there really is a lot kind of going on with this team in terms of their overall development, in terms of what they're capable of moving forward, it seems like everybody's kind of picking them to be the bounce back team going into next season. Um, Who who do you guys think can, can really be the leader of that? Because they're kind of cap strapped as we've talked about here. Everybody's talked about how between Mike Conley, Marcus all Chandler Parsons, you know, they're really kind of in a spot where they have to hit home runs like a Tyreek Evans every year just to fill out of rotation. Uh, Who do you guys think, and I'll start with you on this, Nate, who do you think is someone who, moving forward, could actually be a piece in the rotation that they can work with?
2: Well, first off, like – On a good team,
1: I should specify, on a good basketball team.
2: On a good team? Well, for the most part, if they want to get back and try to compete for a playoff spot next year, like Mike Conley is going to have to be where it starts. Like They're going to have to nail a draft pick. Some guys the young young guys in the rotation are gonna to have to step up but it has to begin and end with Mike Conley because I think I have an article dropped tomorrow about like just he is gonna to have to come back and be the player that he was but uh not this past season but the season before that. They're going to need that kind of performance to be able to get back to that spot once again. Now at I think Gerrell Martin is gonna to have to earn a spot once again. I feel like he may end up being a similar position in the off season that he was before this past off season. Um, they said they were going to cut him before preseason, ends up playing the best basketball of his life over a month span, ends up getting him to remain on the team. Um, but I think Wayne Seldon going to be, have to be a guy who's really going to have to if you see flashes of it. It was a big issue for him this year. He scored 25 points. The next night he'd score six points to be basically nonexistent. I think he's a guy who's really going to have to step off the wings. And most importantly, yeah, draft Trey Young.
1: <laughs> so, jeez, oh, Trey Young, you're trying to burn the show down <laughs> in the first oh, time you're man. on it.
0: <laughs> hey, everybody wants the next Stephen Curry, and so do I. <clears throat> well, as far as guys that are currently on the roster, um, I wanted to get your thoughts real quick on on Marshawn Brooks, the the newest permanent or guaranteed contract that the Grizzlies have signed. I've kind of seen him as it doesn't seem to me like the Grizzlies are going to be able to bring back Tyreek. Um, Nate, what are your thoughts on Marshawn Brooks? Do you think he's, he'll be able to feel like it be sort of a poor man's Tyreek next season? Do you think he's, he's good enough and his performance in the, at the end of the season was real enough and will translate to next year to, um, to help the Grizzlies get back in the playoffs? Is he good enough to fill a rotation spot on, on a playoff team? Uh,
2: yeah, I really do. Um, I think for over the course of the last couple of games, he did play for Memphis. He played out of his mind, and I don't think we should be expecting him to go and beat Tyreek and average 20 points a game next season. But I could definitely see him playing the seventh eighth-man role, averaging probably 12 to 13 a game next season. I mean, I think the year he was in New Jersey, it was his rookie season when he averaged like 12 13 points a game. Um, I think he's grown as a player out of the league over the last four years. So, yeah, I do think he could fit that role. Um, You saw when he was basically becoming the number one scoring option over the last couple of games, the defenses were starting to scheme around him. And he obviously couldn't do much with that, but he's definitely not going to have to deal with that next season. So, as maybe like the fourth or fifth fifth option on a solid team. Yeah, I can definitely see that next year. I
3: I think that's fair. Uh, Parker, what are your thoughts on Marshawn? Um, I'm fine with him, but to be a playoff team next year, he has to be your eighth or ninth guy off the bench. If he like right now, he's supposed to be the Tyreek replacement. And honestly, the Ty- Tyreek replacement needs to come with whoever they use the mid-level exception on. And my guy for that, they need to go for either Mar- Marcus Smart or Will Barton. Cause if Marshawn Brooks is your sixth man and he's your fourth leading scorer on the team, I don't know if that's a playoff team in the Western Conference.
0: Well, I'm with you. I'm definitely with you on those two guys. Marcus Smart is a guy that I've kind of wanted the Grizzlies to try to trade for um, in previous years. And so and him and Will Barton bringing Will Barton back to Memphis right after you do Tyreek, you know, you have having a little, you know, bringing back the old Tigers. Um, so I'm definitely on board with that. Joe, what are your thoughts on Marshawn and um, kind of the mid-level exception, guys, that you'd like to, like to see the Grizzlies um, go after in the offseason?
1: I got to tell you, I, I'm not as high on Marshawn Brooks as a lot of people are. I, he put up numbers on a really bad team. And I think you can make that argument about Tyreek Evans too. But there is no one else. Uh, who else is going to score the ball? I mean, Dylan Brooks, yeah, and I don't mean that as an insult to Dylan Brooks, but we just talked about how this is a guy who came out of nowhere, wasn't expected to be what he was. And now we're, it's a similar boat with Marshawn Brooks. And he was a surprise. He earned uh, the surprise player as we are the surprising moment. Uh, in our series that we're doing on the site, uh, the awards. But to me, obviously he can score the basketball. That's not what I'm saying. My question is, can he play defense enough? Can he do the other aspects of the game enough to be a net positive player offensively on a good playoff team that is hoping to actually make some noise? Maybe not make the NBA Finals, but be competitive In the playoffs, I think that's a realistic goal for this team next year. I could see them in the 6th seed, the 7th seed, the 8th seed. I could see them pushing a series to 6 games or 7 games. That's what I'm hoping for from this roster if everybody's healthy and everything goes the way it's supposed to go. Now, obviously, we have now two seasons of that not occurring, so I think the sample size will dictate that it's unlikely at this stage that we're going to see a fully healthy Grizzlies roster (laughs) maybe ever again in this era with these three main max contract guys. I hope I'm wrong on that. But Marshawn Brooks, I see the talent as a scorer, but I think people conveniently forget he was in China for four years. Why didn't some NBA team also see the value in him and, and bring him in and make him a priority? You know, these guys are, are we supposed to give Chris Wallace that much credit? You know, Oh my God, he saw what no one else saw. I, I just think it's Marshawn taking advantage of an opportunity and God bless him. I, I think he has earned the chance to show what he can do, but I'm not on the bus as intensely as other people are because I need to see it done against teams that are not looking down upon the Grizzlies with a roster around him that is actively trying to win and is actively trying to play defense as a team. I'm, I'm not sold on him as an all-around player on a good playoff basketball team.
2: You know, I think like uh, one of the cardinal rules of Grizzlies blogging, if it's not a rule, I think we need to make it a rule, is that if Chris Wallace makes a good move, let's say Marshawn Brooks does end up becoming a good player on a playoff team, he got lucky. It wasn't because he's smarter (laughs) than (laughs) us.
1: And then eventually he's going Three. to screw it up. He won't trade Marshawn Brooks at the trade deadline next year because he thinks he can resign him after he earns his uh, money after this coming season. Absolutely. Oh, jeez. I tell you what, I, I'm I'm so frustrated by that. Let's talk about that right now. I want to talk about that right now. Why are more people not angry, Parker and Nate and Brandon? Because I'm furious to this day. Sure. Celtics blog, our, our great, our great large blog, one of the biggest blogs in SB Nation. They gave, you know, I met their uh, site manager Jeff Clark at a get together a few weeks ago, and we talked about this for thirty minutes, and he was laughing at me because I was so fired up. I, and I'm not even mad at Chris Wallace. I'm still mad at Danny Ainge. How do you not make that trade? Because Tyreek Evans is unlikely to come back. It's unlikely, and I've made this argument, and people don't. Oh well, he loves Memphis. Oh, well, he'll love Miami, too. <laughs> he'll, he'll love Boston. He'll love all these other places where he can sign the mid-level exception and actually be in a city, A, that he may enjoy more than Memphis. I love Memphis. Uh, I view it as my second home. But I'm not your typical NBA player. If I have if I have a choice between Miami, the Lakers for 18 or $20 million, which is an idea that I floated in the article today, or – you know, Boston, who are you going to pick? I don't think Memphis is at the top of that list. So you're, you're really banking on somebody being so passionate about a city and so passionate about a team. If the mid-level exception is his market, which is possible. I think he'll make a little more than that, but it's possible. Why would he choose Memphis? I, I want you guys to convince me, make me feel better. Starting with Brandon, why in the world should I not be furious at Danny Ainge for giving up that first-round pick and furious at Chris Wallace for not accepting less? Why should I just calm down or should I stay angry the whole offseason?
0: I mean, for, from Danny Ainge's point of view, that kind of, that kind of looks like a smart move—not trading training the pick right now because Danny Ainge is mean, the
1: worst. Don't you defend <laughs> Danny <laughs> Ainge on well, this podcast?
0: I mean, I mean, I'm not. I'm not a fan, but he he turned out to be right because, look at – I mean, with those injuries, just adding Tyreek to that roster, you're probably still not getting any further than the second round just because of – I mean, Brad Stevens is a miracle worker, but he's not that much of a miracle worker. I'd, I'm just still – I'd still be angry with Wallace. Wallace is the guy who knew the first-round offers – the first-round picks weren't coming in. Just at that point, take what you can. Get rid of it, move on. I mean, you gotta. At some point, you have to learn to cut bait. And what what good did he do afterwards? I mean, you had to, you ended up having to Played send him home. Played in six
1: games. Played in six games.
0: So he, so he did nothing for you. So you wasted the chance to get even middling second round picks for him, and then you got nothing out of him because you sent him home. Like, what? He's not even being a mentor to the young players at that point. So what what use was he? So, at, at that point, I think that's more on Wallace to not say, fine, we won't do it, and just cut, cut your losses at that point. Um, Parker, what are your thoughts? You think, you think Ainge is more to blame? You think Wallace is more to blame in this, in this instance?
3: Well, as someone who's kind of a closet Laker fan, right now Boston has the 27th pick right now, last year. Kyle Kuzma went 27th. So I could see Danny Ainge wanting to heat that pick. Try to find the next Kyle Kuzma. It's all good. But there was more offers than just Boston. Washington made offers. Denver made offers. Philly made offers. And once Wallace came out and said he wants Dario Saric, I knew he was trolling all of us. So I think it's more of a Wallace issue instead of a Danny Ainge thing. And at that point, I was mad initially because I thought, he was going to play the rest of the season. The Grizzlies were going to fall to like, the ninth best lottery odds. And instead of talking about Luka Doncic or Marvin Bagley, Marvin Bagley, we're talking about Miles Bridges or Kevin Knox. So I hate that we can't can we get anything for him, but at least we have the
1: lottery odds. Uh, neither of I mean, these answers are working all for me. Now. Neither of you are angry <laughs> enough at Danny Ainge. Nate, can you be angry at Danny Ainge for me? Can you make this happen, please?
2: Oh, I can be angry at Danny Ainge, but first—there
1: we go. There's my guy.
2: Wallace. Okay, but let me talk about Chris Wallace first. So, <laughs> all right. So the media, the media day uh, was a week ago, was it not? Uh,
1: that is correct. eight days. Yeah, we yeah. had. Uh, I believe <laughs> okay. it was Mac. Our Mac Trammell yeah. covered the media days for us. Yep, eight days ago. Or no, okay. I'm sorry, it was a week ago. Okay. Media. The media availability was a week ago today. Yes, sir.
2: Okay. So when GBB was covering that, I was in the middle of studying for a test, you know, like most college students were. I was looking at my phone, look, refreshing Twitter, you know, like most college students are while studying for my test. So I see a tweet and a quote from Chris Wallace. It says, even if, te- if, we, even if we can't re-sign Tyreek, I'm still happy that we didn't trade him. He said something along those lines. I could not even study anymore. I was so angry when I saw that. Do you mean to tell me that you're sorry you didn't trade him at all so that you could keep him for, what, five games at the trade deadline and send him on a personal vacation? Is that what you are telling me? Apparently so. Preach it, brother.
0: Just preach, man. Preach.
2: I mean, I can't even put into words. Brandon, I think you had a really funny tweet from a week ago about that. Was it like, I'm not sorry we hit that iceberg on the Titanic? (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yes,
0: that is what I said. Yes. I mean,
2: like, how can you? All right. So back at the time when he didn't trade Tyreek at the deadline, I wrote an article for Bill Street Bear saying I think this is a fireable offense, considering the, his history, all the mistakes that have been made under, made under his tenure. I'm thinking like I think he deserves to be fired for this. But some people managed to talk me out of it by saying. You know what? He may still re-sign. Maybe Tyreek and Chris came to an unspoken agreement. Maybe they met and came to an agreement that he would re-sign anyway, and that's why, and it would give them a better chance of re-signing him if he didn't trade him at the trade deadline. Okay, so I decided I was going to withhold my judgment. And then they sent him home for the last month of the season,
3: and then Chris gives that quote in the middle of the press conference.
2: I don't even know what to say.
3: That's just incompetent. Also, not to, not to mention, Tyreek didn't even go to media day. So... That, that's gone. the body on the wall right there. He's gone. Ninety
2: <laughs> nine point nine percent chance that he's gone. And Joe, all right, so here, I'll tr- I'll try to get mad at Danny Ainge for you. I'll I'll try, all right? All right. You're not you're probably not gonna get Kyle Kuzma the twenty seven pick in the draft. The Lakers got lucky, they have really good talent evaluators. They got lucky on that. You're probably not going to get a player of that caliber or a player who will be that effective in the 27 pick in the draft. You should have probably traded to get a player like Tyreek Evans, especially when Kyrie was already struggling with injuries at the time. Okay, there I tried.
1: You tried. It wasn't good enough, but I'll forgive you. Since it's your first opportunity to be on the show, I, I, I'll, I'll, I will not pass judgment on you. I am still angry at Danny Ainge. Okay? And Danny Ainge, in the off chance that you're listening to this podcast, I want to tell you something. Man-to-man, okay, man, microphone to your ear. I don't like you very much right now, Danny Ainge. I'm not a fan of yours because you have made poor choices when it comes to giving up the 27th overall pick to the Memphis Grizzlies for Tyreek Evans. I'm not saying it's rational. All these gentlemen that just spoke totally discussed the idea that Washington had offers and other teams. I don't care. I'm mad at you, Danny Ainge. I'm mad at you. Okay. Hope you're listening. Joe Mullenax mad at Danny Ainge. Probably gonna stay angry for a while. This might be my hill that I would die on. I'm very, very frustrated by this whole development, and uh, I'm gonna move on so I don't yell at my uh, my buddies here anymore. Uh, this is Grizzly Bear Blues live. Uh, we're finishing up here uh, talking about the uh, the Memphis Grizzly season that was. I'm joined by my co-host as always at Ball from Grace. That would be Mr. Brandon Connor. Our guests tonight are Parker Fleming and Nate Chester our two newest writers to grizzlybearblues.com. Give them a follow if you don't already do so. Parker is at Paca underscore flock, excuse me, and at Big Nate Chester for Nate. Uh, Everybody here seems to be a big fan of the NBA draft, which I'll be honest, I need to get into again because I've been a Grizzlies fan since the 2010-2011 season, and I'm used to being in the playoffs. I don't really care about the draft that much until the playoffs are over. But, as Matt Ardlicka just tweeted out, a uh, former GBBer now does a tremendous job uh, with his Patreon page, and I highly recommend the post on Luka Doncic he just did. If you don't subscribe to that page, you're, you're missing out on awesome stuff. And he, he beat me to the punch. I was going to write about this exact thing this weekend, uh, and, and he must have had a little more free time than me this week. I, I'm jealous that he beat me to it because uh, I was going to make essentially the same point he did, but he did it better than I would have, talking about how high the floor – You're talking about Dylan Brooks having a high floor. Uh, I think Luka Doncic has the highest floor of any prospect in a long time in terms of him coming in. You want to talk about a a win-now pick and a good pick for the future? I think that's Luka Doncic. He's my my guy. Um, But it's something in the way that he is a European player that plays on the wing. Um, And and Matt kind of said it's like a culture war right now. Your your take on Luka Doncic in Memphis – Uh, whether or not you think he can be a player or not. And uh, that was kind of the goal of our question of the day. We took a look at the idea of who scares you the most, because apparently Luka Doncic scares a lot of Grizzlies fans, at least a lot of Grizzlies fans on Twitter that I interact with. And this is another example of me just kind of goading people on. I'm getting old and cranky maybe, and uh, I'm not interested in dealing with these folks. But the question of the day, thanks to the about 190 folks that participated in a shorter poll. I put the poll up a little bit later than I normally do. Uh, which top prospect do you like the least for the Memphis Grizzlies in the upcoming draft? The consensus top three, at least for a long time they were, were Doncic, uh, DeAndre Ayton, and then Marvin Bagley. Uh, Marvin Bagley was the winner in this, but there was no clear cut. I mean, Bagley won with 35% of the vote, but number two is DeAndre Ayton. I was kind of surprised that Doncic was three. So according to that poll, which I had to reword because apparently it was confusing at first, Doncic, of those three guys, is the guy that people are most comfortable with on this Grizzlies roster. Folks are really kind of scared off by Marvin Bagley. But you can find people that will be market or Marvin Bagley big fans, and they'll think he'll be a perfect fit in Memphis. So this feels like to me, and again, you guys uh, maybe have followed the draft more than me in the past. I follow it, but not as intently, especially at the top because the Grizzlies were never there. Uh, is this common? Like, I, I feel like there's a lot of people that are so – there's a lot of people that like Luka Doncic, but then there's a lot of people that don't like him. There's people that like Bagley, people that like Ayton, but they're not as big on him. Parker, I'll start with you on this. When you look at the those three in particular, or if you want to bring up Trey Young, you can, I guess – but, you know, where do they kind of fit in terms of your liking them on the Grizzlies roster? It's not even necessarily a question of the number one overall talent. I think that's probably Aiton, and most folks would agree with that. But assuming that the Grizzlies, if the lottery goes chalk and the Grizzlies pick a two, and it's Doncic or Bagley, uh, to me it's Doncic. And, but there's people that will swear up and down it's Bagley, and they don't trust Doncic and the way that he's played in League and all that stuff. Uh, I, I'm just kind of fascinated by the process, Parker.
3: Well, you know, I think it's every year I think every year you're gonna have prospects that people really love or really hate. Last year it was Lonzo Ball. But past year it was probably Brandon Ingram. But for me right now, I, I it's a day by day thing. Some days I wanna go Donchich. I think the idea of him is exactly what the Grizzlies need. And he basically fills the role that Chandler Parsons was supposed to play. But The weaknesses are real. Like, he's not fast at all. Um, Yeah, he has a high floor, but his ceiling is probably the lowest out of anybody in that top seven behind probably Jaron Jackson. But you're going to get a good player regardless if you get Bagley or Doncic. Doncic makes more sense because you already have Jamichael Green, who he low-key turned it on at the end of the season. He had 16 double-doubles this season. I think he's a, still a very good piece for next year, but honestly, like, we know what we got with Bagley. Like, he put up a 2011 at Duke on the main stage, didn't shy away, plays plays hard. i never seen a college player play that hard, um, but I, I, ah, it's just day by day. I was so sold on Doncic this morning, but then I see, I see Anthony Sand and Cam Rose are tweeting all this stuff about Luka Doncic, and, it, you know, it just scares me, man. It just scares me.
1: Don't let San and Rose – there's reasons they don't like Luka Doncic, okay? They, they don't, they don't <laughs> like the European players. They don't like that. They, they want the best athlete. They want that type of guy. And somebody else said that to me on Twitter, and to me, I, that, that's a fine argument. And, again, the Grizzlies should take whoever's at the top of their board. I, I'm a blogger who follows the team, uh, whatever. You can take my opinion if you want, uh, if or leave it. To me, Doncic is one on my board. But if the Grizzlies are, if, again, if Aiton's gone, Grizzlies pick a two, and Bagley's in front of Doncic, then they need to take Bagley. They, they need to take the best talent. They can't go by fit. And heaven forbid they drop, and they lose in the lottery, and they go to four or five. Because if that happens, then you really start to see uh, McCarty Maxwell is going to do a post later on this week talking about possible trade aspects with that pick. Wallace, that's another thing that Wallace said that frustrated a lot of folks in that exit interview. That the idea that that pick could be moved, um, what that would look like at four or five, I have no idea. I don't know what the value of that would be. Um, I, I think outside of those three, you, you see a drop. I know you two like uh, Trey Young a little bit more, maybe, than I do, uh, but I do think Trey Young will be a player I'll, I'll in the league. Take that one. I, 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 I wouldn't necessarily hate that pick at four or five, but at the same time, I wouldn't hate the idea of them trading back, trying to get a 2019 pick. Maybe you convince Boston to give up uh, the Kings pick. I think they have the rights to in 2019, and uh, or uh, it's like a trade. It's, it's the best of maybe between the Kings and Philly. It's likely to be the Kings uh, and our own pick. Maybe you do that for that. I don't know, um, but I think the opportunities – really kind of open up but they fall outside of that top three. I'm a Doncic guy. Uh, I kind of stick in that boat. Nate, where where are you at on on the uh, the Doncic? If the Grizzlies get the number one overall pick, and I know, Parker, you're doing a series on this yourself for the blog, um, so maybe you can save your opinion on it. I'll go to Nate on this. Uh, If you have the number one overall pick, are you going Aiton, are you going Doncic? Where does Bagley fit in all of this? Obviously, those guys, like I said, they've been the consensus top three for a while. Some folks have Bagley falling. There's questions about Doncic. I've even seen people question Aiton. Who do you think is the top guy, and who should Memphis really kind of prioritize if they're able to if they get that first overall selection?
2: You know, since uh Parker mentioned Sane, I feel the need to say that when my Trey Young post dropped from a week ago, he called me Luca Doncic Junior, which is something I'm still having trouble getting over since I'm a huge Trey Young fan. But <laughs> if if I had the number one pick, I'm probably going with Luca. And the reason for that is this. He is a you, it, it's fair to say he's one of the most accomplished basketball players at the age of 18 than anyone else in the history of basketball. He's right up there. Now, there are legitimate concerns with his athleticism, but, Joe, I saw you talking about this yesterday. There were questions about James Harden's athleticism, foot speed, quickness, explosiveness, when he came out of um, college. So, And I'm not saying Luca will end up being James Harden.
0: And I'm neither
2: concerned. am I. There is, yeah, yeah but there is precedent for players who are extremely gifted skilled basketball players who have like top 5 talent having questions about their athleticism and i feel like frankly since he's a white european it's getting blown completely out of proportion
1: well and i now, i, I guess to, to me, sorry to cut you off. To me, it's also going back to Sane and, and Cam, and we've had them on the podcast. I like those guys; they do a great job with their podcast and the work and all the work they do. Um, they're they're obviously tuned into the team uh, like uh, like others. But to me, if Jordan Adams, it, they they love Jordan Adams. You know, people Jordan Adams coming. Jordan Adams is this. What's the difference? Except that Luka Doncic is better than Jordan Adams. Jordan Adams wasn't they want they Jordan want Adams. Jordan Adams. Yeah, they want them more.
2: But that's my yeah. point.
1: If you love Jordan Adams and you liked how he could score the basketball and you liked the theory of him playing like a James Harden type of guy, here's Luka Doncic. He does the same thing, if not better.
2: But – it's, and here's yeah. the thing. One, another reason I would take uh, Donchick over Aiton is because um, I love Aiton's game. Like, he has the potential to be a unicorn big in the NBA, can pretty much do a little bit of everything. And, for, and people who have questions about his motor, that's not really my concern. People question Ben Simmons' motor. I feel like sometimes it takes getting into the league for some of these guys to really unlock their energy and their effort and their motor. But the thing that really brings me off Aiton has nothing to do with Aiton himself at all. It's just that I'm kind of low on big men in general at the moment. Um, I mean, you can now – Thibodeau is not doing a great job with rotations and schemes and Timberwolves and Rockets right now. But, I mean, just look at what the Rockets are doing with Carl Anthony Towns right now. They're scheming around him, making it difficult to throw post-entry passes. You can – You need a a great primary playmaker to be able to get the ball into big guys. If you draft a wing like Luka Doncic or Trey Young, you don't have to worry about that.
1: You don't have to worry about that, and I think that you're you're right. The game is obviously becoming more perimeter-based. You can make that argument for Trey Young with with that very same idea. Uh, To me, Doncic is the best option for that reason, and and it's – I can see Bagley, I can see Aiton, I see the value there. You know, if Bagley's Chris Bosh, obviously that has tremendous value. If Ayton is David Robinson, I mean, holy crap, that's a Hall of Fame career. You know, that 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 has a lot of value, obviously. But Doncic just ha- opens up so many doors. It's, it's, to me, such a combination, Brandon, of the right now, he fits this roster very well right now, and he could theoretically be the top prospect on your board overall as well. This... And I'm not saying this because I think the Grizzlies are going to win the NBA Finals. It, it, it seems like the Spurs back when they were able to get Tim Duncan to me. And that, that has been floated by others. The Grizzlies were talking about that at the exit interviews. You know, this is kind of what it feels like. Not in that the Grizzlies can be NBA Finals contenders, but they can bounce back, be a playoff team again. Doncic can be that guy. I really do think so. And I know folks are out on his athleticism. They're concerned about his defensive ability. The concerns are real, as you guys have kind of mentioned. But Brandon, I, for me, the the pros of Doncic outweigh the cons, at least at this stage. Maybe somebody can convince me otherwise. But you know, I've watched a lot of Doncic. I watched a lot of Bagley and Ayton, You know, in my preparations for the draft, as best I can. Uh, to me, it's Doncic, Brandon. Well,
0: I think that's fair. And I think if you're if you're arguing that this team wants to use this pick to go to get back to the playoffs, then you have to. I mean, most of the time you should probably look at best player available. But if you're arguing that the Grizzlies want to use this pick to try to get back to the postseason, I don't think there's any way you can argue that you need to just take best player available. You probably have to look at how the player fits into the roster as well. Like um, like Aiden's going to be good, but he's going to be probably – he's going to be your backup center. I can't imagine him playing with – alongside Gasol as like – with Gasol as a power forward. Even though Gasol moves a little bit more out of the paint now, um, and so you, you're probably looking for more of a wing. Um, I'm concerned. My concern about Bagley is I don't know if he's going to be able to defend. He got pushed. They like Duke had to go to his zone against Kansas, and he because he couldn't defend. I worry about like position, like what position he plays in the NBA. Is that um, he's sort of a tweener in the fact that he's like not big enough to guard five kind of. Um, And just not probably doesn't have the athleticism to to stay with fours defensively, and so, um, I mean, all of these guys I think have question marks, and I think they're all valid. Um, I like, I've been I've kind of come around on Doncic. I was a little out on him early just because I thought his foot speed looked slow. Um, He's still a great passer. I think he'll be able to shoot well. Um, He hasn't shot. I don't think he's shot particularly well this season. Even in EuroLeague, I think you kind of think that he can—he gets a shot off quickly. He's got a quick release, and so you're probably able to uh, project that he'll develop a shot. Um, But then you've got guys like – I think my – if Trey Young, I kind of wonder what he would look like if he had better talent around him. I think that's my concern is he was asked to do so much at Oklahoma, so he was turning the ball over his – his de- his decision-making looked bad, but he had the ball in his hands all the time. Like, that's maybe not necessarily a reflection of, like, what he was doing, but what he was being asked to do. And if he's asked to carry a lighter load, then I can see him, you know, becoming a good player um, and developing into a talent. I don't – I think calling him the next Steph Curry is a little too far um, just because – Steph Curry's kind of been of generational talent, and so I think that it's a little unfair to bridle him with those expectations. But I think um, he's, there's a valid case to be made that he's going to be a good NBA player. Um, I really like Michael Bridges or Mikel Bridges from Villanova. I think kind of if, if the Grizzlies seem to fall into five, he feels like a safe pick to me because he's like a, a really good three and D wing. He can shoot. He can defend. He's got length. He's got athleticism, and he he high basketball IQ guy, high hustle guy. He's a little bit older, um, but he's he's one of the guys that I like at the low end of the of the lottery. But I think I think you can make a case that all these guys have talent. They have c- certain certain potential, certain upsides that could help the Grizzlies. But I think there's a lot. I think every player in this lottery has legitimate question marks, and so that's pretty much where I am at the draft. On this draft, and so I, the only the only guy who really scares me is Bomba, and I think that that might be just because I haven't seen very much of him. So,
1: that's well, the guy who scares a guy me
0: the most right now.
1: Bomba's a guy who's the, the most raw or one of the most raw talents. He has the physical gifts. You talk about high ceilings. Bomba's probably a good example of that. But he he, he reeks a, of a swing and a miss to me. Uh, I agree. Unless maybe you fall to that five spot and all the guys you want are gone. Um, but Net currently has the Memphis Grizzlies selecting Marvin Bagley at two overall. Uh, the ESPN currently has them taking Luka Doncic. So the jury is kind of out on what Memphis is going to do in this spot. Uh, it's just going to be fascinating to watch kind of unfold. We'll get you out of here on this, guys. Quick uh, yes or no answer, uh, if you would, please. Um, will Tyreek Evans be back with the Memphis Grizzlies next season, starting with you, Nate? No. Nate says no. Parker? Nope. What about you, Brandon? Nope. That's four no's. Uh, and I tell you what, it's going to be so frustrating. Oh, my gosh. why do I, I, I do it to myself, guys. I do it to myself. <laughs> I make myself angry. My wife's going to be mad at yeah. me. I'm, she's going to say, why are you yelling? Yeah. I can hear you yelling through the house. You're going to wake up our kid. I'm sorry. It's Danny Ainge's fault, honey. It's Danny Ainge's fault. It's not mine. All right? So uh, I need to work hey, through hey. some
2: things, clearly. You you can't blame Danny Ainge for covering up Chris Wallace's incompetence.
1: Bingo. No, you're, there you go. You're not, I think that's a good way to go out. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Parker Fleming, Nate Chester, we're so excited to have you guys on with us at Grizzly Bear Blues. You've been tremendous additions already. Check out their stuff. They're doing tremendous work for us over there. Fellas, y'all have a great night, and thanks for being on the show this week.
3: Yes, sir. All right, thanks, Joe.
1: All right, there they go, Parker Fleming and Nate Chester. Again, make sure you're following them on Twitter if you don't already do so. At Paka, P-A-K-A underscore Flocka, F-L-O-C-K-A is Parker. And then Nate is at Big Nate Chester. Give them a follow again. They've already done terrific work for us over at the blog, and uh, they're going to continue to do so. I'm excited to have them on, both new senior staff writers at GBB. We're finishing up here on Grizzly Bear Blues Live. I am one of your hosts, Joe Monax, joined by Brandon Connor, And uh, we will get out of here on this, Brandon. You know, we talk about the draft, the offseason, all of these things that are coming for Memphis. It, 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 it's such a, a weird time for this team. It's nice to kind of have the, the solid ground of the ownership being taken care of. Robert Perra will be the controlling owner moving forward. He's made a commitment to Memphis, at least in word. We'll see if it follows through as the years go on. But it's such a key off season. If they keep Chris Wallace in place, if they rehire J.B. Bickerstaff, there's just so many pieces that have to kind of fall in line. What do you kind of see as the biggest storyline moving in to this off season? Uh, you know, the the draft pick obviously stands out in your mind, but Bickerstaff's a big story. Does Wallace stay? It, there's so much that's kind of going on, and, and to, to top it all off, you've got guys like Mike Conley coming off of injury, Chandler Parsons, is he going to be able to be healthy? There's just so much going on for this team right now. It's really hard to kind of predict and project what in the world they're going to do in the draft. I do think that'll kind of give you an idea of what their mindset is going into the free agency and things like that, but that's really going to be the first domino to fall in what's an unpredictable offseason for the Grizzlies.
0: Um, I mean, obviously the draft pick is going to be the big story, um, but I think with the ownership issue settled, the question of whether or not Chris Wallace or the front office in general is going to be brought back intact, I think, I think JB's probably back. And I'm, I think I'm okay with that. I think the fact that Mark and Mike have watched him, and Harrington said this the other day on Verno, um, on but it, the fact that Mike and Mark have watched him behind the scenes and like him enough to entrust him with the team and they've given him their endorsement, that makes me feel better about um, about the Grizzlies just keeping JB as the, the full-time head coach. I'm okay with that. I don't think they're going to pony up the money to, to land a guy like, you know, like a Steve, Clif- Steve Clifford is probably my ideal candidate. If they were going to do a, a full-on coaching search and not hire a new guy, I really like Clifford. But I don't think the Grizzlies will pony up the money to hire a guy like that, of that ilk. Um, so I think you're either going to get JB or you're going to get another first-time coach like they've always done. So other than that I think the question of with the ownership question settled now I think the real question moving into the off season is what happens to the front office is Chris Wallace kept, is Chris Wallace let go do they bring in someone else do they completely reshuffle the, the deck do they get rid of all their you know their basketball personnel do they get rid of like guys like Hollinger and everybody like what did they do in terms of decision makers um, That's probably the biggest story for me, and I think that's the one that's going to impact the team most going forward. Um, I don't think it's necessarily the coach. Outside of the draft pick, I don't think it's necessarily who they hired to coach. I think it's what they do in terms of the front office. Um, Joe, what are your thoughts on that? What do you see as the biggest story?
1: I think you're exactly right. Who's running the show? Who's making the draft pick? Who's making the free agency agency decision? Who's making the pitch to Tyreek Evans? Who makes the choice of head coach? Who decides that there's not going to be an interview process? Mike Budenholzer apparently is available. Uh, you know, Tori Messina is coaching for the Spurs tonight against the Warriors after Greg Popovich's uh, wife passes away and, and shout out to Pop. And he's in our thoughts, obviously the NBA community kind of rallying around him, a terrible tra- uh, loss for him and his family. Uh, but there's so many coaches out there that, that are in the mix for possibilities. And I feel like Memphis is missing out. E- even if Bickerstaff is the guy, at least open yourself up to a conversation with other coaches that, that that's what frustrates me on that end. Um, but I, I do think the decision maker, who's it going to be? Is it going to be Wallace? Cause I, I think it's fair to say, at least in my opinion, that the current system isn't working. You know, if there's somebody that does one thing, somebody that does the other, Wallace it's figurehead, whatever, there has to be some sort of change, some sort of restructuring, even if Wallace stays, if he stays on and he is truly a figurehead and there's somebody else who's making the decision, you know, there's just so much behind the scenes stuff and the Grizzlies are such a secretive kind of franchise in a way, you know, they're, they're not as open about things. They obviously have grind city media, who's kind of a, a media extension of them and they've been great to us, but in terms of, you know, their contracts, in terms of the way that they kind of go about things that there's not a ton of of transparency and their private business, they don't necessarily be transparent, but it just kind of, you know, when you put so much of your fandom or your energy of your emotion into a squad or a team, you know, it can get frustrating. So what they do moving forward in terms of decision-makers bears watching. Uh, The next time we're going to be on the blog talk radio airwaves is going to be May 10th. We're taking a couple weeks off here uh, to kind of recharge the batteries, getting ready for the draft. So May 10th will be the next time we're back on. Thanks so much to Brandon, my wonderful co-host for the work so far this season. We're uh, going to be right back at it May 10th with guests and new topics going into the draft lottery. Thanks to our guests, Parker and Nate, two new terrific writers over at grizzlybearblues.com. Make sure you're checking out their stuff and all of the great work of all of the great staff uh, over at GBB. I'm happy to be at, uh, help the, at the helm of the ship. I'm proud of our staff, proud of our site, and I thank you for making us a part of your Memphis Grizzlies fan experience. So our guests, Parker and Nate, for my wonderful co-host, Brandon, I am Joe Mullinax, site manager of grizzlybearblues.com. I'll see you next time, as will Brandon. We'll be back May 10th. Grind forth, Grizz Nation. This is Grizzly Bear Blues Live. Skydiving. This is amazing. Yeah, but you know what else is amazing? An
0: iPhone 6S for just 49 bucks at Metro. Really? Imagine streaming all the way down with that amazing camera. I'm switching. That's smart. You know what else is smart? Parachutes. Woo!
2: Switch to Metro and get an amazing iPhone 6S for only 49 bucks. Metro by T-Mobile. Phone offer requires port end
1: of number not currently active on T-Mobile Network or active on Metro in past 90 days. See store for details and terms and conditions.
3: Our six piece chicken McNuggets are tender, juicy, made with 100% white meat, and making a big splash on the $123 menu. Woo! <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> and for just a dollar, you can get any size soft drink like a sweet tea, Hawaiian punch, or the one of a kind flavor of a Dr. Pepper. So keep your favorites flowing right now at McDonald's, only on the $123 menu. Price and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer or meal